Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Equality in Business podcast. Our podcast to create awareness about equality in the business world by actively engaging students about relevant topics in a professional manner. My name is Elisa Wecher and I'm a master student at Catholica Lisbon and part of the Equality in Business partner management team. In today's episode, we will focus on the exciting topic of purpose-driven businesses. So we will discuss, among other things, what purpose actually means and how purpose-driven businesses differ from other companies. Apart from that, we will also learn about impact accounting, so how businesses and customers can measure impact and talk about measurements of equality. I have the great pleasure to be here today with our guest, Nuno Morera de Cruz. Nuno is the Executive Director of the Center for Responsible Business and Leadership at Catholica Lisbon, and he teaches responsible business and strategic corporate social responsibility at our university. Also, he is a certified coach and mentor for startups and chairman of the nonprofit organization Kaden. A very warm welcome to you, Nuno, and thank you for being here with us today. That's my pleasure. Morning, Elisa. We would like to start with a little ritual. At the end of each podcast episode, our guests ask a question related to equality to our next guest. In our last episode, we spoke with Maria Antonia Teresh from PwC about gender equality in leadership roles and partner positions. Maria talked about global trends and phenomena that are and may come to affect diversity. For instance, how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting women more than men in terms of employment and career. The question Maria left for you, Nuno, is how do you think that the movement from global to local may affect diversity? Well, that's a great question for Maria and a tough one. So I need to make sure that at the end I will leave an equally tough question for the next one to come. Um, well, I think that is not good news. I mean, the, um, moving from global to local in terms of diversity uh, moves away the, the pressure that the global issues always bring to people. You know, I like, I also teach, uh, um, in the past I taught a lot about international business. And one of the things that it's a, basically a strategic and marketing concept which I love, which is the concept of global, not global, not local, global. <laughs> global means basically think globally and act locally. And that's the beauty of, of this blend. Uh, if you take issue of equality, uh, diversity in each one of the, di the dimensions, this is the great thing to do, is that the pressure from the global point of view is uh, huge in terms of trying to have and create a more inclusive and diverse uh, and diverse world. And you cannot lose that perspective. That's a global trend that most uh, organizations need to follow locally. But then locally, with that pressure, which is an international pressure, which is a global pressure, you then need to adapt locally, whatever that means in your own market, in your own uh, district, in your own company, whatever you want to say. Because, of course, the issue of diversity in some cases, in some places, is more about gender, in some cases, is more about ethics, in some cases, is more about the disability. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's applying then the concept locally. So, 
hopefully we will not lose the global pressure that this issue is bringing to the table of everybody. Hope Marie is satisfied with my answer. That is a very interesting perspective on how localization may impact diversity. I especially like the part about local, so think globally and act locally. Before we start about talking about purpose-driven businesses, could you tell us a bit more about the Center for Responsive Business and Leadership and how the center supports students? Sure. I mean, the center was created uh, one year ago as part of the, the ambition of the Catholicalism to become a school for impact. Uh, we created it when it was, well, around June last year. And we were very clear since the very beginning that what we want to do and the purpose of the, of the, of the center is to make sure that we contribute to society where we only have responsible businesses led by responsible leaders. So that's the ambition. With this in mind, uh, we basically act, if you want, in three fronts. One is students, the other one is executives, and the other one is research that then feeds into all the rest. In terms of students that we call the, the leaders of tomorrow, uh, we partner with the uh, students' clubs, uh, we engage in events with them, we ask them to contribute to some of the things we do. Uh, and then, of course, we have, uh, we have uh, modules in undergrade programs and in master programs. I, I, I specifically uh, uh, run two of those modules, one which is strategic and corporate social responsibility, the other one which is responsible business. We, I'm also orienting uh, uh, seminars uh, to, to conduct uh, theses for the students and the, most of the theses these days, for instance, now I'm orienting eight students and out of those eight students, four decided to, do, to do, uh, their master thesis on issues around purpose. So purpose is very much a trend these days, and hopefully it's not just a trend, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and so that's how we engage with students. And then we have the other, the, other, the other dimensions, which is very, very important in our society, which is to impact um, the relationship we have with executives, which are the leaders of today. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be done to make clear to people that we, this is about business. This is not about uh, fluffy stuff. This is business. This is to make sure that you create competitive advantage to be in the market, otherwise you don't survive. So that's the, the, the dimension that we are always trying to bring to the table in our discussions with, uh, with the C-suite, the C-level of, of uh, most of the companies. And we do a lot of research in the center. And uh, this year we have already published uh, three uh, research notes. We are still in uh, um, uh, aiming to, uh, to to at least issue uh, another one until until year end. Uh, most of them are around the issues of purpose. The first one was was about um, responsible leadership, and the in the path to purpose. Then we have a second one that we did, which is about sustainable development goals and the impact of COVID. We have published one last month, which is about purpose-driven businesses. Uh, what does it uh, take to, to create such a business? 
And uh, finally, the one that we are going to do until year, year end, it will be about um, purpose uh, consumption. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, so all of these can be found in our in our in our website. So if any of you, if any of the listeners are are, are keen to, to to understand what are these research notes about, it's just a question of going to the website and and trying to find it. So that's what basically we do in the center. I think it's very important to have such an organization at our university. And I'm sure it's very interesting for our listeners to hear about how the center actively supports students. So let's now deep dive into today's topic. You already started talking about it a bit. So purpose is often used as a very broad term. So it would be a good idea to first define it a bit more specifically. So Nunu, what is the purpose actually? And how is that different from a vision and a mission? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And it's a question that I've, okay, I get asked a lot because there is a lot of confusion in the corporate world about what is vision, what is mission, and what is purpose. I mean, I, I put it very simply. A vision is about uh, where do you want to go? Mission is what do you do? And purpose is why do you exist? And that's a key question. Because uh, when you have the question like why, even in our personal lives, is a tough one because it's one where you immediately get exposed after two or three whys. So bringing the why to the corporate world is very important because it obliges companies to talk about um, their uh, purpose that goes further than anything like the shareholder or, or just simply profit. So purpose is bringing to the table this dimension of your 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 reason for existence. I mean, this, the French translate it into which is very good. Uh, purpose means that you, you, are, uh, you have to find the reason why you exist. When you have companies, beacons of sustainability, like say Patagonia in the US that say, we are in business to save the planet, that explains why you are in business. And that's the thing that most of the companies still need to, uh, still need to address. Then there are other, yeah, let me just add, add two things, uh, Elisa, uh, because there are other things that will really identify what purpose means more than the why. Um, it's uh, the purpose is if you, if you want some sort of uh, a way to create a sustainable adv competitive advantage, because the moment you are able to impregnate your organization with a purpose, with the processes and the cultures, you create such a competitive advantage, it is not possible to copy. And that's where the, 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 this concept of competitive advantage through purpose starts. It's a unifying factor that goes beyond the, 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 the simple idea of you are here to create value for the shareholder. And that's the huge value of, of, of uh, the concept of purpose. That makes total sense. And I really agree it's important to differentiate the different concepts correctly, especially for us business students. Like you mentioned before, we have been conducting quite some research on the topic of purpose-driven businesses. For instance, in the latest research note published by the Center for Sustainable Business and Leadership. What would you say are the main differences between purpose-driven businesses and other companies? And how does having a purpose benefit an organization? Uh, yes, that's a good question, which is basically uh, the answer will be like this, sort of. Uh, when you have, um, let me bring it to an, another dimension, which is the dimension of what we call in the center the responsible business concept, where the purpose then fits in. 
the concept of a responsible business these days, which goes much beyond uh, profit, means that it's a company which really puts sustainability at the core of the business strategy. So it's not an add-on, it's not a nice to it's not about philanthropy, it's not about just risk management. This is about putting sustainability at the core of the strategy. I always say that I don't believe in sustainable sustainability strategies. The sustainability is the threat. There is nothing else. And so it's important as these companies act with this holistic approach of sustainability, which is sustainability is economic, it's social, and it's environment. Of course, if you don't have economic sustainability, it's very difficult for you to have to to, to be a lot uh, to be very concerned with the social uh, sustainability or environmental sustainability. Of course, but what is more and more clear is that if you don't have a real preoccupation and concern with sustainable um, social sustainability and, and the environmental sustainability, you will never ever get to the economic sustainability. So that's the concept, the first concept of responsible business that makes sense. But responsible business, more than that, is creating this idea that you have to integrate the stakeholders' views, all the stakeholders' views. It's not only about the shareholder. It's to understand that you have uh, around you a lot of relevant players that really make a difference in, in the way you operate. And so this concept of shareholder only that led the corporate or at least for the last 40 to 50 years, is sort of uh, phasing away. Then the other thing that I would say, which is very important, is the concept of um, uh, shared value, if you want, which is this idea that when you build a business model from scratch, you need to build a business model where you are very clear on the value you create for the company, but also at the same time, the value that you create for the society. That's at the end of the day what gives you the, the competitive advantage that, that you have. And finally, the fourth element, if you want to have the responsible business is the purpose. So purpose is part of this. And purpose is the thing that I was defining at the beginning. Yeah, I really liked your answer. So especially the concept of responsible businesses and how to put sustainability at the core of the business are really important aspects when it comes to purpose-driven businesses. Actually, this September, the World Economic Forum published a report with recommendations of different metrics that help businesses to track their performance against several indicators, such as environmental, social, and governance indicators. In the report, they mentioned how businesses that closely link their purpose to their core business, what you talked about earlier, can better deliver long-term value for all stakeholders. So based on your experience, Nuno, can you give us a few examples of businesses which do a really good job in this field? Yeah, there are good examples of, of companies that do that, but let's be clear on what does it mean uh, doing that. Because at the end of the day, if you don't measure this performance, you're not able to identify which are the companies that do behave. Uh, and understanding the metrics is very, very important. Um, you uh, have today in the new metrics that everybody's very keen to follow from investors to, 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 to customers, to suppliers, has to do with the environment, social and government metrics, the famous ESG. And those are the metrics that the companies that really do and care about these things are able to, to, to make the difference. 
Um, give you a few examples. I mean, you have, a, a, for instance, a company like Patagonia that I talked to you about with this purpose of um, we are in business to save the planet, which is a beacon of sustainability for most of the companies. It's a American textile companies. You have Unilever, the fourth biggest company in the world, which is a company that really purpose drives everything they do and they, to a point where they now these days claim that the, 75% of their growth comes from what they call the sustainability living brand. They come to a point where they say that it's more than a purpose for the company, it's a purpose for each of the products they sell. So it's very much impregnated into, into the company. You have, of course, the Swedish uh, furniture maker, IKEA, which is also a great example of, uh, of, of these things. And then you have uh, many startups that are shining fantastically because they build their own businesses from scratch with all this concept uh, of, uh, of, uh, of responsible business very clear in their minds. And in the Portuguese environment, just to, to give you one or two examples, we have the very uh, important family-owned business in Portugal, which is Kuf. And Kuf is, they have the purpose very much integrated into their processes. You have also a winemaker in the north, which is Sograp, where purpose is driving everything they do. So you fortunately have more and more companies that integrate all these metrics in the way they communicate and make them a very successful businesses. These are super interesting examples. I especially like the example of the Portuguese company, Kuf. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see how all these companies, also big corporations and companies like IKEA, put the purpose at the core of their business. After stressing the importance of having a carefully chosen purpose, can you give us some practical tips on how companies can actively apply the concept of purpose in the business context? Or in other terms, how does an effective implication process look like? You mean implementation process, right? I mean, um, <laughs> at the end of the Thanks. day, at the end of the day, um, this, you know, we're in the business, in the business, in the business communities, everything that has to do with processes and implementation, because it's not that sexy. I mean, people will tie, will, will normally forget that. And at the end of the day, if you don't have a very, very rigid and, 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 um, and clear process, you will not be able to implement anything and, and even less the possibility of implementing something like, like purpose, which is not obvious to everybody. But if you don't have that process, then it becomes a simple PowerPoint exercise. And that's just a crazy thing to do. So I would suggest that in a process, you have a few phases to implement purpose that are absolutely critical. The first one, as any project, is the, what I would call the commitment from the top. I mean, if you have a committed management, I mean, it's very tough to implement anything. But the difference here is that that commitment from the top needs to be very obvious, but not only for the employees. It's not only internal stuff. You need to show that commitment outside because it's about all the stakeholders that are around the company. And that's what makes this commitment from the top sort of difference, a difference from any other project that you could be thinking of. And so understanding that commitment is key. The other thing I would say is that uh, then you need to build uh, the sense of belonging, the sense of purpose from, from, from bottom up. I mean, you need to engage your employees. You need to make sure that they understand what, 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 are, you, what are you building. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know that story of the, the, the two men which are breaking stones uh, and somebody comes and asks, 
what are you doing? And he says, I'm breaking a stone. And you ask the same thing to the other one. And he says, I'm building a cathedral. And this is the concept that purpose brings, which is which cathedral are you uh, uh, building so that you motivate all, all around you? So building it bottom up is absolutely crucial in this process. The third thing I would say is that you need to engage with all. Where if you want to come to a statement of purpose where you clearly commit on your purpose, you need to have everybody aligned. So this can never be something that you do. We, we you do only do within your organization. You need to engage with customers, with partners, with local communities if necessary, even with suppliers. Everybody needs, needs to be on board, and of course, shareholders uh, need to be on board with this. And finally, I would just say two other things which are key. I mean, measurement. <laughs> I have a boss that always taught me, uh, what doesn't get measured doesn't get done. It's just coffee conversations. And I fully agree with that. So you need to measure everything you do and track progress and control, monitor, see where you failed, see what you need to improve. So you need to define from scratch which are the metrics in whatever dimension you want judged, which are the metrics that you are going to measure and report every uh, with, a, with the periodicity that you, you want to do it. And last but not least, you have to have a link to pay. Those metrics, if you want to be serious about that, that really need to affect the wallet of the, everybody which is around. You need to say that if you deliver on this KPI, on this indicator, on these metrics, you will have a, a link with pay. So that's the things, if you put all together, that will make some sort of a, a robust process uh, uh, in terms of implementing a purpose in an organization, I would say. That is very true. And the concept of purpose only works if companies actually know how to implement it correctly. And you talked a lot about measurement, which actually leads us to our next question about impact accounting. Mm -hmm. We already briefly touched upon the topic of how you can measure purpose, which is, of course, very important for companies, but also for us customers. Could you explain to us what impact accounting actually means and how it influences the bottom line of businesses? Sure. Uh, impact accounting is a concept uh, that is... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, gaining a lot of traction and uh, becoming mainstream because um, if you take two companies, both with the same result, 100 million euros, and one you know that doesn't care with the environment, or doesn't care with social dimensions, and the other one does, from the financial point of view, they are the same. They both do 100 million euros. So you have to find a way to incorporate this sort of behaviors in financial accounting. So you need to be able, sooner or later, to come to a situation where that 100 becomes 110 for a company and that same 100 for the other one becomes 90. And you see, in my view, this is probably one of the biggest barriers to the implementation of responsible business all over the place. There, is, uh, there was somebody recently saying something which is very interesting. Uh, he was saying, I mean, back in the last century, in the 1933, uh, nobody believed, said it was absolutely impossible to have uh, the same sort of accounting all over the world. And that's what you have. And we are now in an, exactly in the same sort of turning point. You have to create some sort of accountings globally accepted where you are able to 
good from the bad company from the financial point of view, from the impact accounting point of view. And that's where you now see a lot of initiatives uh, starting to show up, trying to measure that. For instance, you have probably one of the most advanced, it's, um, it's, it's, it's run by, by, um, by Harvard, which is uh, something called the Impact Weighted Accounting Initiative. And they were able to track uh, 1,700 American companies, and they came to the conclusion that out of 1,700 companies, 200 and something, 250, I say, I think, should have a, a negative result and not a positive result. So things are happening, and I have no doubt that in 10 years' time, I don't know whether it's five, 10, or 15 years' time, but we will have some sort of way to integrate these impact measures in the financial results of the, of the companies. So when it comes to this sort of metrics, uh, there is already a, a very interesting, uh, and in fact, it's now on public consultation as we speak. It was done by, conducted by the World Economic Forum, you know, the organization that uh, organizes every year the Davos event uh, in Switzerland. And they were, uh, they mandated the big four accounting firms to think about these things and come with the measures that could be standardized and normalized all over the place. And they came, and that's documented, it's now in public consultation. They came uh, with uh, 29, what they call 29 core metrics and 36 or 37, what they call extended measures. Things that they would like to be standardized all over the, all over the place. And they divided it in, in, in four categories, which is aligned with the concept of environment, social and governance. So the first one is governance, metrics on governance. The second one is metrics on people, which is the social, dim social dimension. The third one measures on the planet, which is about the environment dimension. And finally, measures on economic dimension, which they call uh, prosperity. So those are the measures that one needs to look uh, to think about the, these things. And of course, in, in all of these, in the social dimension of people, you have metrics on equality and diversity that we are talking about. Uh, and and the, the, those sort of measures that they suggest, they suggest at least to there. Um, the most important thing in my, I fully agree because I having worked in the corporate world for most of my, more than 30 years of my life. The key thing is that you, you, you track these um, uh, all over the, the hierarchy, uh, all over the career paths of, uh, of people. I mean, let me be clear, for take the case of gender, it's not enough that you say, ah, we, from now on, we'll have 30% of females in the board. That's not enough because, I mean, for that to happen, you need to have a pipeline of great women to be there. So you need to track that since the very beginning, the moment you recruit, the moment you start to promoting people, how, how much uh, in terms of gender, how do you measure middle management, how do you measure senior management, and you measure the board. So it needs to be all along the career path that you do. Otherwise, it will just not happen. Um, and so these sort of the measures that you need to do in a company needs to be very much categorized per, per uh, dimension of diversity, of course, but also uh, in terms of the whole career progression of people within the company. This topic is super interesting. And I think that figures and numbers are highly relevant when it comes to keeping track of social progress. You already started talking about measurements of equality. As our student club in particular focuses on equality, 
it would be, of course, very um, interesting and important for us to discuss it a bit more um, in detail. So the report of the World Economic Forum you just mentioned presents several metrics related to equality, such as, for instance, the percentage of employees per employee category. So, for example, per gender, what you talked about. So based on your research and your experience, can you summarize some of the measurements of equality which you con would consider the most relevant for businesses? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, you need to be very clear in a, in a, in a company and that look at you are, the society where you are, the culture of the company, you need to be very clear on what does equality in your workplace means, what diversity in your workplace means. In some places, the issue is gender, in some places is ethnicity, in some places is, is disabled people or whatever you want. But that's it's some cases even age, age discrimination. So you need to be very clear what is the issue. And for that, you need to, 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 to make sure that you survey and understand what is the issue. Because if you don't really understand what you are talking about, because for most of the people, equality just means men and women. And it's much more than that, of course. So you need to understand exactly what is the issue you want to solve. And then, as I said, for me, as I say, uh, for me, the, it's very important to follow the career paths of people if you want to deal with that. It's not enough to bring people along and then do not integrate them, do not measure progress on those specific uh, categories of people that we are talking about. Take the case of disability, which is something very deep in my heart, because as you said, I'm chairman of one NGO that deals with those things. It's not enough to bring people on board, disabled people, and then don't measure things like, and I'm going to be very, very pragmatic now. You say, yeah, I've, in, I've included 5% of disabled people in my organization. Yeah, that's fantastic. But then the question I will ask, those people, with whom are they having lunch every day? See, this is really getting to the bottom of things because you integrate people, but then they are alone at lunchtime. They are not taken into the organization. They are not included. They, are not, they will not feel included. They will not feel integrated. And sometimes it's even worse. Would they have been better if you don't recruit them? So understand exactly what is the issue and then solve it. This example I'm telling you, how often these people lunch with, with the other colleagues, it's very key in disabled people. It's less important, for instance, in probably in a, in a discussion about gender. So understanding the issue and then measure accordingly with the issue. But the most important, or not the most important, but the one that's more obvious to everybody, especially in the Western societies, which is the gender thing, you need to measure pay, which is critical. Or is there a difference? Because there's a huge difference between men and women in the way you pay, so you have to measure equal pay, and you have to measure the career parts of people. It's not enough to say that you need X females at the top. No, you have to have X females when you recruit, you have to have X females when you make the first promotions to middle management, and all the, the, the career, career ladder that you have to, to follow. I completely agree that equality is not only about gender, and that's very important to first define the issue you're facing regarding equality, and then not only hire people, but also integrate them correctly. That was a really, really interesting point. So thank you so much for mentioning that. We are now reaching the end of today's podcast episode. But before we say goodbye to you, Nunu, we would like you to take part in our ritual 
and ask the question that you would like to see answered by our next podcast guest. Okay, I will try to, to leave one as tough as the one that was left to me. And I thought about one that could be something like, what, what remains to be done for the corporate world to understand that indeed equality, equality is good business? That is a super interesting question and highly relevant, especially because you said it's uh, getting a trend to have a purpose, yeah. etc. So thank you so much for your val valuable insights. And it was a real pleasure having you here with us. Today. Elisa, my pleasure. And, and congratulations for this initiative. It's fantastic. And you help all of us to, to, to keep on, carry on the crusade of being this a bad, doing this a better business world, a more responsible business world led by responsible leaders. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> Our next episode will be online on the 18th of December. Feel free to always reach out to us on our social media accounts. You will find us under the name Equality in Business on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Looking forward to talking to you soon in two weeks. And until then, stay healthy and safe.